I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, Lloyd. A little slow tonight, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is, Mr. Torrance. What will it be? I'm awfully glad you asked me that, Lloyd. Because I just happen to have two 20s and two 10s right here in my wallet. I was afraid they were going to be there till next April. So here's what. You slip me a bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. You can do that, can't you, Lloyd? You're not too busy, are you? <laughs> no, sir. I'm not busy at all. Good man. You set him up and I'll knock him back, Lloyd, one by one. crazy don't mind if i do <laughs> and i'm sebastian when i'm in here it means i'm working i'm andy shosler anything you say lloyd anything you say and welcome to our review of and oh I'm, no i did it again oh my I'm god Alex. we're not retaking this done <laughs> for some reason pauses <laughs> to me uh continues dramatic pause sorry you uh, please try it again i'll fix it in post no i won't good <laughs> Welcome to our review of The Shining. We know how to intro a show. We being me and us being you. Um, this is the one that Stanley Kubrick did. The one that Stephen King hates. He does. And he likes the TV miniseries version, which we'll talk about because it's a trash pile. He is a weird man. He is. Who? Ste- which one? Stephen King. Well, Kubrick as well. Both of them. Mm. They make a right I was going to say that yeah. they're all just weirdos. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> I guess we'll, I spit more into trivia, but before we get there, you guys ever seen this before? Uh, yes. Never. You have? Like, that's the <laughs> opposite of what I thought it would be. <laughs> it's been- I've watched it with you. Have you? Yes. I'm a good friend. It's been- No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I make you watch good movies. I remember doing it. <laughs> all, the, all the things. It's been memed so heavily because it, it is an iconic film. You can't, you can't deny that. But it's been memed so heavily that- Watching it for the first time, nothing was new. Mm. And there was a nursery rhyme that was like written after this. Was there? Yeah, the pig one. That the three little pigs? I have no <laughs> idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's a joke. That, that was it joke. Was, it, it was quoted in the movie. Oh, wasn't listening. <laughs> Pay attention. Sir. I will uh, say, you say it was memed. My quote was from The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All, I noticed that. All work and no play makes Homer something something. Go yeah. crazy. Don't, Don't mind, mind if I do. do. <laughs> I wish I could do the thing when he goes actual. He does like this weird 
mouth thing. I can't do it because I'm not a voice actor. You see, it's one of my many. You're many, also not a cartoon. That's also true. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, you watched this with me, did you? When did that happen? Like, Let's share our friendship. School. When? High school, just after high school or something. <laughs> said last week. Oh no. <laughs> did I knock my head? Oh, <laughs> oh that's what that lump is. Sorry. Speaking of iconic, <laughs> iconic horror films, uh, only a few years ago I also saw The Thing for the first time. Wait, which one? The Thing. Oh, John Carpenter's the, the, the Thing. You pulse it. That's one of my favourite movies. I loved it. It was so good. Yep. It really was good. We are this one, not so much. <laughs> no, and I was surprised because this one has the um, is revered as one of those classic horror films. It is a classic, but I don't think for the reasons that it's a good film. It's just that it is iconic. It tried some new filming techniques, and it's Kubrick who has a good name behind him. But it's not a very exciting film. Can I share? It's like a Rubik's Cube and a cube, like- Mixed together, Kubrick. <laughs> For but some, yeah, but there's no real payoff. It's not even really that much of a puzzle, which we'll talk about because I've got questions. So horror is not my thing, and I say this having looked at my it's phone. Not even horror, yeah, it, it is horror, but uh, yeah, thriller, horror, definitely thriller as well. But well, I mean, we'll talk about the fact that it's definitely a horror film soon. I guess, but for someone that doesn't like horror, I was going through like the, the actual films that I keep copies of on my right. phone for just my general perusal. Things you'd expect from me. The Cornetto trilogy is there. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I normally have one Avengers film cycled through. Currently it's Infinity War. I just don't have it in game yet, but you know, but then, you know, some classics like Last Action Hero. And then the rest are Fright Night, which to be fair <laughs> is, is a comedy horror. The Shining, The Thing, and Tremors, which is I guess, yeah. I guess another comedy sort yeah. of action horror. It was like, oh, I've, almost half the films I keep on me are in the horror subcategory and I don't like horror, but um, I like good horror. <laughs> there's, a, there's a line there. You must be this good to, to ride the Sebastian. Or have this many jokes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I like- You must be this old and look this bad to be good horror. <laughs> have you, I, I like Fright Night with David Tennant and um, Colin Farrell. It's a bad movie, but you it's- know, I've never seen it. It's the, the I I'm talking about the remake. Um, there was an original, which is a bit, a little bit more serious, but not not serious, serious. I haven't seen vampire either. movie, yeah. but it's um it's a good time. It's like um, do you guys ever catch Suspiria, the Rear Window remake with the beef in it? No. Oh well, it, it feels like that movie, but with vampires. Like it's it feels like the right. same era of Hollywood, even though it's like ten years apart. But they just kept like that cheapness going right. across. Um, no, I, we watched this film as a regular in our, in our household. Okay. And maybe it, at least once really? a year. Do you have trouble sleeping a lot? <laughs> no, we just, <laughs> we like this film. Um, the wife reads the book, the book every couple of years, but um, we watch it maybe every year, every six months comes up. Okay. Do you, is it better? Do you have more of appreciation for it having read the book as well? I, sorry, I've not read the book. No. My but, wife has. Yeah. Um, she says they are very different. Yes. And the, they're good in their own rights, but she prefers the movie. Okay. Um, the book, it's Stephen King, so it's about 30,000 pages long. <laughs> um, and he wrote 10 books of that same size that year, probably. Right. He, the, the year that he wrote it, which is like a seven or 800 page book, it's about, about almost three inches, maybe two and a half inches thick. He wrote three other full novels that year. That he wrote that book, yeah. which is bigger than 
what most authors can get away with in like four <laughs> years. Stephen King is a maniac when it comes to using a keyboard or a typewriter there. Um, but yeah, you know, he handwrits all of them <laughs> with his <laughs> toes. Yeah. Have you seen the size of his forearm? It's just it's like Popeye. <laughs> so Jess said in like the book, they go into more detail. So in the end where, what's the, oh, I've forgotten the woman's name. I'm so bad. Helen. Is it National Helen, is it? Sandra. Sandra. None of those names are right. Clarice. It might be Wendy. I think Wendy sounds actually right, but it's definitely not Sandra. When sure the mother is running around the house yeah, the, and mansion at the end. Um, or Wendy. And she runs, no, it's, a man, it's the hotel. Mandy. It's not Mandy. Wendy. It might be Wendy, but it's not Mandy. Pretty sure it's Wendy. But it's definitely not Mandy. It's, no, it's not Mandy. But it might be yeah, Wendy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Nicholson just calls her you bitch for half the movie. So it's hard to remember That's her true. name. Um, Mrs. Torrance. There we go. Um, <laughs> nice say. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when she's running around at the very end, when Nicholson's running around with the axe and all that, and, and she, she runs into like the, the blowjob scene with the man in the bear costume. Yeah. That, that is like, for is example- Is a man in a bear costume? Can you be certain of There's that? two guys. In law in the book they are. That's yeah. the thing. The book goes into a bit more detail as to who they are. So Jess has once told me the backstory of that scene. I, it's right. not, not memorable enough for me to bring to the table now, but like that, that is the kind of thing the book goes into. But Stephen King hates this movie because it was not faithful to the book. Because Stanley Kubrick was like, hey, I've got some good ideas. Let's make this a, you know, comparatively a bit more cinematic. Um, if you guys are familiar with the- um, the TV series version of this, which King is his preferred version. No, I'm not. Well, it's got stuff like there's animal animal car thing, um, animal hedges in the hedge maze, right. and they come to life and attack Danny and stuff, oh. and he fights them off with the shine and all that stuff. Like it's a lot more fantastical, but when you're making a horror film, a lot more silly, and that's the kind of thing that Kubrick was like, "Don't want near this." A bit, yeah. But then, is it? really happening is it imagined is the place haunted are they just all you know becoming demonically uh, uh, possessed when they when they see these things all these questions are never answered <laughs> no i think they are i was gonna say this this time we're watching the film because i watched it just last night i went through and said at what point can we affirmatively say that it is no longer potentially in jack torrance's mind and this is really happening and there is an exact moment that that happens, and we'll talk about it during the actual review. Can Very you good. tell me what The Shining is? Um, it's the actual sh- The Shining or The Shine itself. It's kind of, I just imagine it's like being clairvoyant, a bit of like a psychic power. That, that's effectively, it, it's, it's vague. They, they don't overextend it, so I think it's vague and there's no rules, but it's just kind of- Because a, the cook a, has it as well. Yeah. Well, he claims he has it. Yeah, it's a, just a level of clairvoyancy, yeah. effectively, able to see kind of through the veil between- and- the living in the dead world, and also kind of this communication way between people that share it. That's right. that's effectively all that it's used of in this movie. Doctor Sleep, the sequel, the reason that we're actually doing this because of that sequel coming out with you and McGregor playing Danny Torrance, the little boy in this movie. Um, effectively, that story is about a group of people that also have the shine that are going around killing other people that have the shine to take it away from them to make themselves more powerful. Oh, uh, like Highlander. Kind of like, but it's like a group of there them. There can be only <laughs> there can be only us seven, though, or whatever it is. But that's what that story goes into. So I imagine we'll learn a lot more about the shine in Doctor Sleep, and it will be ruined. Yes, well, that's what people also say about the book Doctor Sleep. Like, oh, you went back and touched the Shining, did you? Yeah, thanks. A lot of people just they don't consider it canon because they'd yeah. rather not. But 
I like Ewan McGregor and the trailer looked fun. So that's why we have it. You and know, we lost the Watchmen because of this. You know what? If Stephen King wrote it, it's his canon. So everyone else <laughs> has to deal with it. If he wrote it and he's made it canon, then it's canon. It's really funny. People tend to put Stephen King really high up in a pedestal. And I mean, within good reason. The man has churned out 50 billion books. Forever. A lot of them are very highly regarded. Four of them good. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> what people don't tend to know is about like King's like Coke binging in, you know, yeah. like 30 40, 30, 40 years ago about how he went off the tracks and went to, you know, did he go to rehab in the end? That I can't remember. But he, and he came out with a lot of crazy ideas. Yeah. And good on him. So we should. But he's battles with addiction, which, hey, all the power to him, he's gotten past. But people are always like, he's this revolutionary author. And then but the, when, you, when you get someone that's like, even like a modicum of research in Stephen yeah. King, you're like, it's a bit of a junkie as well. <laughs> but now, no, that's that's not fair. But he's wait cleaned up. Hear, and he's, wait until you hear my tweet. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. <laughs> well, do you want to move on to trivia? Or? Well, just comparing uh, Kubrick's other projects very quickly. Um, this one rated 8.4 on IMDb. The Shining, so quite a quite a high oh, score. Nice, yeah. uh, Rotten Tomatoes, eighty six percent critical, ninety three percent audience. So very much loved by. I would have, I would have thought it was the other way around. I thought critics would have liked it more than audiences. Yeah, audience likes it more. Um, comparing it to his other more famous film, Spartacus, uh, seven point nine, ninety six percent critical, eighty seven percent audience. I really like Spartacus. Uh, Two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, eight eight point three, ninety three percent critical, eighty nine percent audience. Also. Amazingly high. So that one made sense to me, the critics being high, the audience, because that film goes very yeah. abstract towards the end it's of it. It's so boring. I like it. No. Did we, I think, did we reviewed it here? Not with me. If you did, it wasn't I may have me. just watched it yeah. since we've been doing the show. I can't remember if we recorded it. What did we do with Zane? Again, lots of iconic scenes and things you remember from it. It's not mm. something you regret seeing, but not something you hurry back to watching again, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. A Clockwork Orange, 8.3, 90 critical, 93% audience. And Doctor Strange Love, the best rated film of, uh, of all of his, 8.4, 98% critical, 94% audience. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so The Shining, as far as those, rates amongst the top of his films. And it's Ab- yeah. definitely, yeah. Like this film is considered a classic. Like I wasn't yeah. hyperbolizing last week when I said that this is one of the, you know, considered to be one of the best horror movies, let alone considered to be one of the best movies of all time. Like this, people put this one well up there. Movies used to be a lot slower. Yes. Like modern, modern filmmaking, storytelling does churn out the story oh, yes. a lot quicker. And being in that frame of mind and watching watching this film, you feel the length. I certainly did. Yes, it's two yeah. hours and ten ish. I think it's around about. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad. Well, I'll have things to say about it. It's not bad, but you really feel its length, mm. and that was that was the thing that stopped me enjoying it as much as I perhaps would have or could have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Likewise. Um, <clears throat> so just quickly, this film stars Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall. Or Duval. Duval. <laughs> Danny Lloyd, Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers is my <laughs> I love him so much. Yeah. Who does he play? Uh, the he cook. plays the cook. The cook, ah, yes. okay. Uh, and you may recognize him from an episode of Magnum P.I. <laughs> amongst, <laughs> amongst other works. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dan- Danny Lloyd only did two ac- acting credits. Like, yeah. It, it, but it to was, be fair, he did work on this film into his late teens. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Just because Kubrick take, have so, so many takes. 
That was. Oh. <laughs> you haven't done that trivia yet, so he doesn't know oh, it yet. Sorry, so. yes. <laughs> this is pre trivia trivia. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, Shelley Duval. Duval. Uh, Twilight of the Nymphs. She was in a Frasier episode. Um, oh, yeah. 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 And then Jack Nicholson, obviously. What's he done? Um, Not much. Where would I know? Where would I know him? Padded. Uh, bucket list, anger management. Debatably very little acting. He does seem like... Have you ever seen... Um, oh, as, as Good As It Gets, where he plays a bit of a cunt of a writer in that one as well? No. That one could be could be a loose, <laughs> a loose relation or a loose sequel to The Shining as far as his character is concerned. I'm surprised Danny Lloyd literally just did two things. This and... Will, the autobiography of G. Gordon Liddy. Liddy. Yeah, and he played Gordon Liddy. That's, and he would have only played him as a kid because that was only two years after this movie came out. So he, and he's not mm. dead. I was just like, maybe he passed away. No, he's alive. He just apparently no intent to act. That's interesting. Yeah. And Shelley Duvall confirmed she did play Wendy Torrance. You were correct in remembering that correctly. Good. Thank you. I, um, I did remember correctly. Danny Lloyd is currently, well, as of 2007, a professor of biology in a community college in Kentucky. Oh, there so, you go. So he just didn't want to be an actor, I guess. It was like, I'm going to become a smart boy. And he didn't well, God, Not if he has to take 300 takes every time he does a scene. That's true. His <laughs> first, that was his first yeah. film ever as well. Oh, my God. Yeah, if that wouldn't put you off it, then. Let's do trivia because we got some good stuff. Oh, yes. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? Hey Derek, you know what's always good for shoulder pain? What? If you lick my butthole. It is Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> the Shining. Budget of 19 million. Ooh. And production lasted a long time. Did he pretty low budget considering how long it all went Years for? Years it took. And... Kubrick sh- want, in, insisted on shooting it in sequence as the script happened. So they had multiple sets, all pre-lit, all ready to go whenever he was done with them, just sitting there waiting for him. What a guy. <laughs> what wow. a horrible person to work with. This film <laughs> is a treasure trove for horrible <laughs> stories of things directors do to people. And it's kind of imp- it's impressive. But the, yeah, the guy delivers because it made $44 million worldwide. Um, and who knows how much in video sales and other licensing uh, subsequently. Yeah. Wow. Do you have any fun facts about um, about film takes in there? Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the elevator blunt scene, which is played multiple times through the film, but it's not real. Like it's always a dream sequence or something that somebody is I, It might be real the last time when it happens to Wendy. But, no, but it, is, it isn't real. It's not really it's happening. She's just- you know, seeing it as as if it because none of it is real, essentially. Mm. It's just the three of them in the house. That's the only part that's real. Mm. Everything else is whatever. So that elevator mm. blunt scene, it was done in three takes, but <laughs> setting it up each time took nine days to prepare it. With Kubrick saying it doesn't look like blood for the for the first two times. And every time they they uh, they they took the time to rework the blood and, and get it working right, it only it, it was it was shot only doing three takes of it. But the whole process lasted a year. 
<laughs> just, just to, I mean, it, you know, he wasn't working on that exclusively for that year, but just to get a, a shot that lasts literally seconds and isn't pivotal to this, it's just a cool scene, mm. took a year. Jeez. Did you hear how they got that past the um, censors? Yes, he convinced the censors who didn't want to include it uh, in, the, in the preview because it was going to be seen by kids. He managed to convince them, I don't know how, that it's not blood, it's just rusty water. Yeah. Huh. Yep, and like, that's you're great. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's all blood is, really. That's right. <laughs> just a <laughs> little bit of rusty Essentially water. Essentially true. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, to, get, um, to get Jack Nicholson in the right frame of mind, uh, Kubrick... <laughs> Kubrick uh, used Again, some ancient technique to embed a level of psychosis <laughs> on him. <laughs> the psychosis was that he found out that Jack Nicholson hates cheese sandwiches. Guess what Jack Nicholson ate for two weeks? <laughs> Nothing but cheese sandwiches. <laughs> so he just made sure catering only to cheese sandwiches. <laughs> wow. What a guy, right? That's fucking what a fantastic. Guy. Actually and, abuse. And all the taunting of uh, uh, Shelley Duvall as well of deliberately treating her the worst of all the of all the the cast and yelling at her and just being very aggressive and in her face all the time again excused as getting her into uh, that that frame of mind of being genuinely abused and, and and hated and i don't know if it comes through in the performance i don't i don't, I don't she seems see rattled it. to me the entire movie seems rattled but not in a way that is being a performance like it's it looks like she's scared yeah. when, when she's but not scared in the logic of the film she's a scared actress you know who doesn't want to get the line wrong because my god I'm just going to set this director off I think she was scared yeah. within the realms of the film we'll talk I'm about not, Nicholson's character I think she had a lot of reasons to constantly be on edge quite right uh, Nicholson himself um, volunteered as a fire marshal so when they first did up a prop door for him he got through it way too easily. And from Shelley Duvall's account, just getting that door scene of him axing through the door and the whole here's Johnny, here's Johnny thing, that alone took three days and they went through 60 doors. <laughs> Until he was tired enough that he couldn't do it properly. <laughs> Kubrick is insane. I can't, I can't imagine how anybody would work with him knowing that he's just going to do seriously multiple takes. It's not even You haven't about even got getting- to the big lot yet. No. <laughs> Are you building up to it? Is that what this is? I don't know. Am I missing something? I don't know. He made, I got to find, um, he made, according to the Guinness Book of Records, the scene where Wendy is backing up the stairs, swinging the baseball bat was shot 127 times. That's nothing. That's uh, nothing. 127 times of her being backed up the stairs by Nicholson swinging a bat at him in, take, in one session. Take a guess at how many drafts the promotional poster went through before Kubrick <laughs> approved it. Uh, what was the poster? I'm going to look. <laughs> How many? 400. 400. That is ridiculous. And the real answer is not quite that ridiculous. Oh. It was more like 300 drafts. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Only 300. Crazy, Whoa, right? That's... Uh. Another bit of uh, good filmmaking. I love learning about how these things are made. Mm. The snow for the maze. It was actually the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would have been cheaper to use cocaine yeah. because what they used was 900 tons of salt and crushed styrofoam. Oh, interesting. Oh, my 
God, that would have been horrible to clean up. <laughs> this was this and was 1980. Action. Nobody can just sweep it all. It'll, it'll go somewhere else in the oh, environment. No wonder we're <laughs> killing the fucking world. Okay, it was unbelievable anyway. the extent to, That's really to which it went. Ridiculous. And um, while the other thing I found notable was that, again, inside the mind of Kubrick, when he was researching uh, for his next project, he would read books and you know, sort of, when he when he got to a point where he didn't want to do it anymore, he would throw the book against the wall in his office, right? So his secretary, sitting sitting outside for days on end, weeks on end, would know that he had picked something because she hadn't heard a thud against the wall for a few hours. Mm. Huh? Weird, right? That is weird. That's the, that's the kind of thing you expect to see in a toddler, a, a toddler, an Oscar Wilde character. Just, you know, some sort of fictitious thing. But this guy really, really did that. He really behaved like that. <sighs> well, I have got two bits of triv. I had to write them down because I keep forgetting them. I don't mean to hog the limelight. No, you're right. Step in, gentlemen, whenever you have something. So we're talking about how Kubrick's an insane person, right? <laughs> um, so the. The script, the, the, so the, the book that Jack was writing and when Shelley Duvall goes through it at the very end of the film and realises that he's just been writing all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy. Doll boy. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick didn't want, he didn't let the person, that the prop designer photocopy them. So those were all actually individually typed, all those wow, pages. Wow, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I and they, and they, like some of them are script format, some of them are written like a They're all like, written like a bit a differently, novel, yeah. Like, like a newspaper article, yeah. And that's typewriter. Wow. This isn't like somebody on their computer copy paste and moves it. No, no, no. Type, 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 type. Paul. Now, now yep. don't don't you go and cheat and photocopy them. Oh no. You know, the people watching the film will know. And also, what if he found out? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, and so there's that scene where um little little Danny's going around in his little trike. And he stops and sees the twins, and it cuts to the twins being butchered everywhere, and like their bodies and stuff. Like, um, so they, yeah, they filmed that with Danny, well, with Danny Lloyd, I guess, not on Ob- set, obviously, because he yeah. was so young, and so he never knew what he was kind of reacting to. And they didn't let him see the film until he was like of a certain age, because they they didn't want him to, like, as a, such a young kid, watch what he had made. Yeah. So he hadn't seen it like years after it came out. But yeah, that entire scene was him responding to nothing. Um, huh. Also, <laughs> much like actors do, do whenever you have CGI on. But also, such a young it's kid. A, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, Probably a good thing. And also, this film gets the prize for creepiest twins. They have four heads the size of other people. <laughs> they are so scary. They I have four find- heads the size of, well, four heads. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find out what they look like now. I didn't do that the other day. I'm sure. I was to see if they grew up to be just as creepy looking or whether they grew into it. I'll be back with some twin news shortly. <laughs> Well, shall we move on to uh, movie smoothies, unless you have trivia? I have nothing. Let's do it. Hasta la vista, baby. Nobody puts baby in a corner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, baby. (laughs) One of these was really obvious to me, and the other one kind of could have been any other thriller where people are trapped, really. Uh, But what came to mind was 1408. Another Stephen King novel. That's exactly what I have. That's yep. also one that I had. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it's good. Yes. Like it if it's if it's supposed to be I have that feeling of okay, if if Jack is being driven crazy through some sort of uh, demon possession or something mm. is causing these hallucinations or whatever, 
you know, 1408 does it much more focused, much more clearly. And uh, what's his name? Cusack. Yeah, I want to say John, Joel, John, John. Cusack. Um, just does a brilliant job of yeah. uh, doing it. And it's mostly him alone in, yeah. in the whole film, not, not reacting to anything other than, you know, um, the room. Yeah. Uh, so 1408 and Misery uh, okay. because it's, not only is it about a writer, but he's also trapped there by the snow and by the, by the hotel, which is kind of keeping everybody together you know, inside yeah. as well and scaring them. See, I had that episode of The Simpsons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very clear uh, <laughs> with uh, 1408, yeah. So I was looking at what the Shining Twins look like now. One of them's a published scientist. Really? Why did all the kids go on from this film to become like academics? <laughs> because, <laughs> because that, that that's where Kubrick the real discipline money <laughs> got in there early. <laughs> um, yeah, so I obviously we had 1408 like you guys did. Um, then I struggled. Because I was mm-hmm. trying to think of mm-hmm. a film the thing. like this. The closest I could get to a Shutter Island. Yeah. Um, yeah but even in saying that, there's obviously big stark differences between them, but it was- Tony stark differences. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, Ruffalo was in that one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Some big was boy Bruce it. Banner differences. Yeah. Is that better? <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I mean, it's a belabor the point. Tweets? And today I'm going to read it to you. Got any sports in it? Are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. A cautionary tale of the important relationship that writers and alcohol share and the dangers of abstinence. Hashtag parched march. <laughs> 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 All I could think of when, yes. when, I, was, <laughs> when I was watching this um, with the missus, because uh, I, I often, for different side projects, I'm always writing something at home, whether it be like the magazine or something else. And she's, she turned to me during the scene where Jack is going off at Wendy about like, if I'm in the room, I'm fucking working. Don't bother me, all that stuff. It's like, am I ever, do I ever do that to you? Like when you're writing, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm a good writer. I can stop when I'm doing something and do something else and then come back and still continue to do the thing that I was doing. That's all I can think about. Like, wow, Jack's just a shitty writer, isn't he? Wow, I just have my train of thought. And instead of just like making a 10 second note about it so I can come back to it, it just leaves my mind. I was like, really? What kills people in this film is lack of preparation. But then you just find out that he's just writing all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. What a crazy bar. So like, what was his train of thought? Oh shit, I was going to write something different, but now I'm going to write Jack as a doll boy. <laughs> All work and no play. Uh, makes little, Jack little a doll boy. A yeah. yeah. little bit of play. I think there was a college humor skit, but they did like uh, five or six episodes around Halloween one year of The Shining Story, but with the college humor cast. Right. And they had like a pitch meeting where one of them brought All Work and No Play makes <laughs> Trap a Doll Boy, because that was the cast member. <laughs> and he just kept trying to pitch it to them. And they're like, yeah. But- <laughs> Let's maybe we'll go with this person. He's like, no, 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 maybe I didn't pitch it right. All, all work <laughs> and and no play <laughs> makes trap a doll boy. It's like, yeah, we see, we kind of feel like you're giving us the same thing again. <laughs> High recommend to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go watch. Uh, okay, so a family loses their shit while doing something so very outdated as caretaking for a hotel over the winter. Hashtag Bundy Red Rum. <laughs> very good. <laughs> 
How much must the hotel fee be if you've always been here? Right. Yeah, can't imagine that. Uh, and that's where the problems begin. Because he's always been No. Because his hotel no, he bill hasn't. is too big. No, he hasn't. Because the hasn't. bill no. on the hotel is this big, and he's only this big, so no, how can not. he pay for it? Because no. he's only one man. Doesn't make sense. Nothing makes sense. Let's talk the good. Yeah, it'll be quick. It'll be the longest segment known to man. Go ahead. Make my day. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! I love this movie. Okay. Then maybe we should go first. <laughs> um, I, I, I struggle to take notes in a thriller like this because I know if I, if I take my eyes away from the film, I'm going to lose the suspense that it's, that it's building. So I try not to take many notes. And you can't really take notes you know, on how you felt. When, when you're writing it. That's just something you remember after the fact. But I did have two notes. One is, it is suspenseful. It's just incredibly slow. I know that's intentional, but it was too slow. Too slow. Wait, we're doing the good. <clears throat> I think it's, it was no, slow enough. <laughs> no, no. The, the, good part, the good part is that it genuinely was suspenseful. And, yes. and I, was, I was watching it wanting to know what was going to happen. I can agree with that. But- uh, not it, enough to actually want to watch it. Yeah, it's that's what stopped me enjoying it. And I really, I, I, I don't know why. I really like the all the scenes, especially the scene where Danny is riding his tricycle through the um, through that big living and we're room, just following behind him, right? And and he's going over the rugs and then over the wood, over the rugs, over. And I really like the mix of sound and that visual. You're just following him. He's not going anywhere. He's just riding around. I liked it. It's I did like it. It was it was a good scene. So much of what Jaws did with the first Jaws, anyway, building up to when we even first see yeah. the shark—that's what this film does amazingly. And every just building up. And every time we saw him with the with the tricycle, I know he rounds a corner from the memes again. I know he rounds a corner and sees the twins, and I was waiting for it every time. And it took forever to happen, and that was genuinely suspenseful. That was really good. Yeah, and just the way that shot comes through—that we see it at the exact same time that he's seeing it. I do love what you're saying, the carpet to the floor and just having the noise of the trike yeah. actually stop when he's on the carpet yeah. and then start again. Little things like that, but they just put you on edge just that little bit. And, and, it's, I, and, I, and I can't tell you why, but it did and, yeah. and it worked. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alex, sorry, before I go I mean, harp. The, the iconic Jack coming down the door with the axe. Like, who's, like, that in, like take that out of the film that is it in itself like a good, like scary, like thriller. Like yes, yeah. Th- this crazy asshole is coming to get me. Like, <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> um, and then like not being able to fit out through the window and like like t- to escape. Scary shit. Yeah, so good. See, I don't disagree with what I was saying, but for me, the scariest thing is Jack Nicholson before he snaps. He is always making out with the, the old woman. That was that was a bit gross. But no, before he snaps, just from the start of the film, every scene is with Danny and his wife. There's just something so unlikable about him. And he always seems just like off, he's yeah. just a hair from snapping everyone's necks, right? Yes. And that's actually one of the reasons Stephen King hates this because in the original, in, in the story and in, in the other version of this, Jack's character is 
he's actually he still did that thing where he hurt Danny in before the before the story started, and he's kind of in the middle of a redemption arc to prove to make back to his family. Uh-huh. So he's on the path back to being a good person, and he is for the most part. Apart from what he's done, you can see that he's repented and repenting and trying to make better. And then the story comes in with the overlook and it twists him into what he turns into in this film. Right. The reason King doesn't like this film is because he's always a cunt. Yes. I can see from the art, from the writer's perspective why that would be disappointing. Like, I know I wrote a story about a good man with a troubled past trying to make amends and then falling to darkness. Like, that's kind of poetic in its own way. This is just a story of a dickhead becoming a violent dickhead. Oh, sorry, a violent dickhead becoming a less violent dickhead becoming a violent dickhead. <laughs> uh-huh. See, I would, I would have that same criticism that there's no point in the film where you see Jack Torrance being corrupted and turning. It's just like all of a sudden he flips the, the violent switch, but you don't, see, you, you don't see him building up to that. Well- you don't uh, see. No, there's you don't a scene see where he's accused. Okay, after Danny gets hurt by the woman, and Wendy accuses him of doing it, that scene is kind of where his turn happens because he's upset that he's been accused for doing something that he didn't do, and he's right. already on edge. That starts why he's upset with his family. How could they? How, how dare they think I? You know, how, how my wife think I could do that? Of course I didn't do that. How could she say that? Fuck them for thinking I'm that scumbag. And he's drunk. He's angry. He's isolated. He's having these he, people he whisper into his ears. How is he drinking? The Overlook. There's no alcohol. He was drinking. He, There's no alcohol. No, he though. wasn't drinking. That's the, he, he was dry the whole time. So, he was going insane. So the Overlook Hotel is haunted. That's my stance on this film. That is, this is not a story now, about him going crazy. Now, this is a story of the, the Shining and the dark side of the Shining, will, in this case of like yep. the, the ghosts. Turning a man crazy. I will say I did enjoy the film, right? I was really enjoying it up until the freezer scene or the end of the the cold room scene because the whole way along it could be it could be haunted, it could be him going crazy and I was erring on him just going crazy because that makes the most sense. He's having these hallucinations, he's sitting at the bar, he's imagining having a drink because he really wants a drink. And then the door opens. And then who the hell opens that door? The ghost. The ghost. No, haunt, yeah. And that's it. And, and at that point, it has to be haunted because there's nobody else around there who would open the door for him. Exactly. And there's no, there's no sort of um, foreshadowing from the, um, from the hotel manager to say, oh, by the way, if you ever get stuck in the cold room, you know, there's this secret tap you can do on the door. You know, there's, there's some way to open the door from the inside. There's none of that. So it has to be opened by somebody from the outside. Ergo ghost, haunted, takes me out of the picture completely. Well, I'm not interested anymore. I think the disconnect is here. Jack's story, just Jack, gives you that idea of is it haunted, is he going crazy? That's Jack's story until the reveal of no, there are ghosts. Danny's story does not fuck around. Danny's story the entire time is there are ghosts. This film from the seat, before they even get to the Overlook, he's having visions of the little girls. Danny's story the entire way from beginning to end confirms ghosts. Jack's is the skeptic side of the story. So for me, it wasn't this huge like, oh, there are ghosts. No, Danny was strangled by one half an hour ago. We know there are ghosts. Jack just didn't know. No, see, I would still argue that he could have done that himself, right? Maybe unconsciously. And also his... Yeah, that that first thing where he's where, where he's talking with uh, Tony, his uh, the the, <laughs> the man that lives in his mouth, yep. or however it's explained, uh, and the finger. The finger is a great thing, mm. right? That's a nice little trick, and he just did that in in the audition, and Kubrick, Kubrick loved it. 
uh, when he's he says in the first thing, did Dad get the job? Did he not get the job? Yes, he did get the job, and he's about to call mm. uh, Mum to uh, to tell her, and that happens. That I would argue is just him being ins- an insanely brilliant kid and very insightful. He, you know, he he, not that he's psychic, but he can see things um, uh, before they happen in the sense of he works out the puzzle. Mm. You know, he's he's just a brilliant kid he works out the puzzle and he has the answer before anybody knows what the answer is he, not that he's seeing into the future he does telepathically tell scatman crothers they're in danger then though. that happens like, and, and they do have a but again, conversation but again scatman that, knows his name without him being told no, like but again that you could also argue that yeah he uh, scatman says he has the the shining uh and the shining could just be that unconscious way of seeing patterns that you're not Aware you're seeing, and you and you put it all together, and it makes sense. So he also could have just seen, you know, put together the the pattern that oh shit, all these things add up. His he, he's going to kill his family. I've got to to save them. Mm. You could make that argument until the freezer scene when it has to be a ghost opening it, and then all bets are off. It's just ghosts. Yeah. And, I then, I, and then I'm not interested anymore. It's not yeah. It's not fun anymore. See, I think it was good. I think they 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 tell an interesting take of it because one half of the story is just saying ghosts, 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 and only I say one half, one third of the story is the ghost story, and well, one is the psych, the I'm going crazy story. And ghosts, ghosts are an obvious first answer, but then you start to think, oh no, it's not. I mean, of course, ghosts are obvious, but that can't really be happening because ghosts don't exist. So he must be going crazy. And that's the interesting part. Jokes on you. And then, Ghosts exist. And then Kubrick takes that away. Yeah, I think it was. I thought it was great because yeah. I like. I fall into the is Jack just crazy camp all the time, which is brilliant part of filmmaking because every other part of the film is saying he's not crazy. There are ghosts, but you get so wrapped into what Nicholson's doing that you just forget. Every other side, <laughs> there are fireworks going off around you. But you've got horse blinkers on, and all you're looking at is the ground. So you can't see all the wonderful colors in the sky because you're so focused on that one crazy motherfucker. <laughs> I think that's great. And I love it. It's good. It's a good one. And, sorry? Why did they just put one family in the hotel? Like, Why not, get, why not have like a community of people looking but, after the hotel? Because the caretaker just needs to be one guy. The fact that he has a family is incidental. But like one guy will go crazy. And to be fair, he does nothing while they're there, doesn't he? Like, he's, only, he's only there for five months. Exactly. Five months by yourself. Well, I don't, people can do that. There are researchers in Antarctica humans and photographers. So, yeah, they're not solo. Humans in general, but some humans, you know, really like the Hermits solitude. are a thing. Yeah. But also, yeah, but realistically, they don't really do much, do they? ever say like, hey, I love being by myself? Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does it when, when he's taking the job. He's, that's perfect. I'm, I'm a writer. I look forward to the solitude. He's yeah, a terrible writer. Um, <laughs> that's my stance. Bad writing like killed him. Nothing else. Not, not the I bad want, writing of the movie. His bad writing. I want nothing to happen for me so that I can have zero stimulation to my crea- creativity. Yeah, please. that's the kind of crazy idea that some geniuses have. We joke though, but just, like, there are so many times that I keep thinking, like, looking at my holiday leave, building up at work of. Could I just go away for two or three weeks just to take time to get some of the projects done that I want to get done done? Five months is a long time. If I was getting paid for it, fuck yeah, I would go for this deal. I would <laughs> and absolutely to, do this. And all you had to do was go around, check the windows are closed, and that the boiler is on. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> like that's <laughs> and that's all you have to do. That's fine. You've, I got, would, you've got a full pantry. It's completely at your disposal. Yep. <laughs> like I would 
this would be appealing to me. And it's the same, it's a discussion I always have with my wife of, oh, uh, you know, what holidays do you want to do? And she's like, let's go to the beach. And I'm like, let's go to a forest. Like, I just want to go somewhere quiet. <laughs> Get a log cabin or just, just chill library. the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but now I can see the appeal in it. But yeah. also I would write more than, you know, seven words. Writer's block really doesn't happen. Nope. Doesn't happen? Uh, I mean, uh, not personally. Well, but I'm uh, not saying it's- to, to be fair, he wasn't suffering from writer's block. He was just in a really bad loop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was suffering from an awful case of the crazies yeah. and ghosts. Um, it was 10 words. Was it? Oh, I, I said seven. <laughs> I was going to say five. I'm like, nah, it's definitely more than five. <laughs> All right, do you guys want to move on to the bad then? Chill. Houston, we have a problem. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. I've fallen. And I can't get up. I can't believe you've done this. Again, I only have two notes because I try and not take notes while thrillers are happening. Um, talk about foreshadowing. <laughs> oh, yeah. The previous curator chopped up his family into little bits and then stacked them neatly in, in one of the rooms. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And then that's exactly what happens. There's no. There's no mystery about it. There's no subtlety about it. Yeah, that's what happened before. See, I thought that was a good case of not not just foreshadowing, but giving us a sort of sense of repetition. So it's not, that's, that's not really foreshadowing. That's here is the silhouette. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I filled in all the details just in case you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't see that as a bad thing. It's, it's just a kind of trope of, you know, yeah, people that go into the forest don't come back out. So what do our, what do our heroes do? They go yeah. into the forest. Like this is what happened to the last person. Just setting the expectation, like as an audience member, that you know, yeah. and I liked the because we had the, the, Maybe. the, the was, Grady twins showing up all the time that were butchered by the dad. So just kind of giving a basis for why Danny was seeing those twins. Yeah, it was a bit too on the nose though for me to enjoy. It. And those title cards, they were so annoying. Which ones? Of all the Saturday two p.m. Oh, I like that. It was annoying. Who cares what day it is? Me. <laughs> They're showing the passage of time when you're telling a bottle episode, effectively. Oh, yeah. The difference between Tuesday afternoon where it's snowing and then the exact same shot and it's Saturday. What a transition. <laughs> but all the scenes, think about it, whether it's daytime or nighttime, I mean, there weren't that many nighttime scenes until the end of the film, but you've got to show the passage of time in some way and they are inside for so much of it that you're not going to really see. Like whether you're in the living room or the kitchen, how are you going to know it's the same day? You it could be an hour rather than five days apart. You assume the passage of time because he goes back to the ballroom. He, he you know, there's constant shots of him being in the, in, in, in the writer's room doing something different. You just assume time is passing. And anyway, the title sequences, they're not really consistent. Tuesday, Saturday, there's no date. Mm. Um, you don't remember what the last one was. So, okay, time has passed. You're still not really aware of how much time has passed. Mm. I thought that was intentional, though. But it's not really relevant. And, oh. it, and it takes away – it took, it took mm. me out of enjoying it. I found it annoying. I, I liked it only because it made it seem like – well, yeah, we're seeing days are passing, but is this Tuesday last week, next week, two weeks from now? We're giving this vague sense because they're literally just being drawn out and driven crazier and crazier as time goes on. So, but I, th- but I think yeah. it would have been even more vague if there wasn't any title screen. You don't, you literally don't know what what day it but is. But then you wouldn't, you, you could literally think snowing. it was one day rather no, than ten. No, because it's snowing. Each day looks just like the last. So you don't know and, what day it is. But it could also fall into the trap of not knowing any days have passed is my concern. Like it could just seem like one big day if you 
But like the characters are getting crazier and crazier. Like, oh, two hours later, and now they're just fucking insane. To be like, fair, though, Jack mm. did start crazy. <laughs> yeah, but like the, I, th- I, th- I'm with Andrew on this one. I'm sorry. How dare you both? <laughs> I will take you to movie court. We'll work this out officially. And and it is it is slow. Again, I know that that was done intentionally as a as a way of telling the story and building suspense. But I think it's too slow by today's standards. It's too slow. Yes. Mm. Too slow to be enjoyable. I always give older movies a bit of a pass with the pacing changes because even like Jaws, this big blockbuster, would feel slow compared to any modern film. Yeah. Have you you seen it recently? Within the last couple of years. It's not a slow film. But compared to, I'm saying compared to modern films, it it would feel slower. It builds in a different way than than modern films do, but it's not a slow film. Mm. This one, the, The Shining, there are so many moments where nothing is happening where you're just following someone, riding a tricycle, walking around, throwing a ball, and the scenes just drag on and they go nowhere. Again, I know that, I know, I know that that's intentional. I understand that. But it's too much. Okay. This film could be a half hour shorter and nothing would be lost. This is Stanley Kubrick. I don't know if this film could be a half hour shorter. <laughs> yeah. Any more bad guys or the rest? It, no, no. It's, it's not that it's, it's, no. not that it's bad. All these things prevented me from enjoying it as much as I could have mm. and prevented me from enjoying it in, in a way that I guess I wouldn't like seeing it again. Another, another criticism I have of it is that there's no, real, there's no real rewatchability to it because the suspense is in watching it for the first time. When you watch it again, you're not really seeing him, you're not really seeing the reasons why he goes crazy you're just seeing him become crazier for some reason. And that's entertaining the first time, but the second time around, there's nothing for you. You know the outcome. So now all you've got is the details, but the details aren't there. So I've, I've rewatched this film tons of times and it hasn't been less effective for me. Really? I have a really good time with this film. All right. I, I, I promise you I will watch it again mm. in, in a month and I'll see what happens. Honestly, just the actual performances alone or a great reason to rewatch this. Like Ugh. just seeing <laughs> how terrified Duval um, portrays herself. And Jack, while he's, I mean, this is the movie that kind of made Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson. This is where the, that archetype of crazy Jack Nicholson came from this film. Yeah. Um, but he's good at it. He's good. It's unsettling. It still makes me nervous watching him because I, or even though I know he's not going to hit her, I'm worried every time they're talking that he will, because he seems that on edge like that. Let's fuck Ghost off for a second. His performance is the most terrifying thing in this movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he is a genuinely terrifying character. Yeah, I really didn't like the the lady's <laughs> performance. It felt wooden to me. Oh no, I just big disagree. But yeah, I just like uh, I like the the I and now knowing that it took 127 takes <laughs> in one session of her going backwards up the stairs, swinging a bat. I don't know which take they used, but <laughs> probably a mixing of all the best bits. It of just <laughs> like it swing harder, <laughs> you know. No, like I, if you're actually going to I, try and, I, I kind of get that. She's holding the bat halfway up. She's not yeah. practiced at being aggressive, so I can't. I kind of get that. She's just trying to protect herself in a in in a way that isn't familiar to her. Also, she's so, like a yeah. scarecrow. Like physically, yeah. look at her. Yeah, yeah, she is very, so small, but very I am, thin. But like, it just it looked like 
Uh. But I am entirely with Alex. When uh. Kubrick says that he um, that he spoke highly of, 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 of her performance because that's what he wanted, I don't see it because no. it, it, it seems like bad acting to me. That may have been what he was going for. It, it doesn't translate to my eyes. See, if you had asked me to pick from any movie I've seen the best like battered wife character, this is what I would show you. This to me feels the most genuine for a, a, a character of spousal abuse. Like, this okay. is the example I would always point to. Just look at the way she's so nervous all the time. Like she's like a beaten dog. Like when you go to the yeah. pound to buy to buy a dog that's come from your family, and they just can't look at you properly because they're so scared that the next thing they see is going to try and hurt them. But, that is what I got from her. But this is a beaten dog playing a beaten dog, and you don't want to see that. You don't want to see somebody scared of acting playing. Acting scared. She's not scared of acting. She's scared of Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) She should be. She's scared of acting in front of him. And and I think there's a bit of that 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 comes through that takes me out from Mm. from enjoying it. And I don't. I didn't like the performance. Okay. I reckon we should move to verdicts because we're we're getting their time. Well, well, no, 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 please, please don't. No, it's fine. It's fine. I insist. The one now. Well, too late. I'm calling your bluff and hitting the verdicts button. (laughs) Unless. Yeah, actually, no. I Jack at the end in the picture. Well, that makes no sense. No, yep. Now it's nineteen twenty-one. Yep. Wait, see, what year was it to start with? Where we give 80s. it a taste? It had to. Yeah, it had, it to, had to be seventies. Yeah. Excellent. But Mr. Torrance, you've always been here. Good line, mm. but then it doesn't make sense. It was saying that this ending. Okay, the, the, there's the second ending has speculation, but effectively, it's saying that the Overlook has claimed another soul. So he is now one of the ghosts there, which is why he's been added into this picture. Okay. That's that's the that's the inter- one of the most common yeah. interpretations. But that means that ghosts are real in this thing and I'm not But they interested. were. We already no, had that discussion. No, yeah. no. They weren't obviously real yep. until the freezer scene, the, the cold room scene. So yes, and they are real. They are yeah. real and yeah. now Jack is one of their ghosts. Yeah. And okay, that's fine. That's fine for the story, but I'm no longer interested in that point. Because I'm very interested. No, because ghosts are just- Whatever you can make them do, whatever it's, it's nothing yeah, it's, real. It's a ghost somebody, story. What are you? <laughs> somebody being corrupted by you know not having alcohol. You know his 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 brains changing. He's going through the withdrawals and he's genuinely going crazy. Who knows what other problems he has? That's frightening because what? it can really happen and you don't know where it's going to go. Ghosts, honestly, you get both because no. he does. He well, why did the ghosts corrupt him? Why did they corrupt Duval? Who why did they corrupt? No, the ghosts. They went. Scary. They went for the weak man on on edge. That's why. So his the fact that he is so weak, the fact that he needs alcohol, the fact that he's fighting his own family, that's the reason they got to him. That's the reason they didn't get to Danny and the reason they didn't get to Wendy. Wendy? <laughs> Wendy. Why is Danny Danny and why is Jack Jack? But why right? is fucking Shelly, Shelly Wendy? Wendy? <laughs> oh my, sorry. And why is he not just called Scatman in this movie? <laughs> but that, that's why they, they, they found the weakest link. Just like with when, when the Grady family came, they found Grady the weakest link and killed everyone. Ghosts aren't scary. I'm sorry, Seb. But Jack is scary. Jack is scary. Until you find out that he's just possessed or He's not possessed. No, no. He's not possessed. No. He is crazy. They never possessed him. They manipulated him. How do you, how do you him. know? How do you know how the ghosts work? Because they were. We saw no. them manipulate him in the film. No. I'm going with what was seen on no, screen. Don't they care. corrupted him and they convinced him to kill. They literally have 14, to tell him to kill his family, and he does it. He's being commanded. 1408 works because the whole way through, even until the end, you're not a hundred percent sure whether the the room is possessed 
or it's just everybody who goes in there is maddened by some perhaps real magnets phenomena. in the walls. No, that yeah, yeah, no, no. Something could happen where they genuinely go Skull insane. Skull of crystal. Yeah, <laughs> they they hear something that they don't, and they just want to commit suicide. Those, I mean, those things do happen. They have happened, right? You you don't know if it's really possessed or that, and it's just him imagining, hallucinating. Maybe there's something in the air that's preventing his brain from getting the right amount of oxygen to the right part of his brain, and that's just the manifestation that happens. That's why 1408 works. The Shining doesn't work because it says ghosts are real. See, this for me is definitively says ghosts have to be real. Were you were you with us for the Babadook, right? Yes, yeah. I liked it. So the Babadook, similar concept except that it is actually insanity rather than an actual ghost causing the yep. person. The only difference is the Babadook keeps it as insanity where The Shining says insanity with an external cause. Not interested. I, I'm even more interested. What are these ghosts Not trying interested. to do? There's no, no, so no, many no. extra mysteries is, there for me. This is, this is a formula where you've got some real component plus X, an unknown com- because ghosts can do anything, and if it's infinite- then the real component But they doesn't- don't do anything. That's the point. They are grounded. Like this very real it's, <laughs> it's a realistic take on grounded. ghosts if you will. They're not grounded. They can do anything. Ghosts have no limitations. But they don't in this film they they don't have no limitations. When They're not you- used ridiculously. <laughs> what I wanted just to end on a nice note. What I wanted and what I missed from this film and it, it couldn't have been in there, but my God, if it had been, and I'm sure it's been memed, I'm getting it from somewhere, there is no Danny, only Zool. <laughs> <laughs> was this pre or before? Was this before or after Ghostbusters? Pre, 84. Is oh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Verdicts. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. I'm the man. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Slap it on with the might of Zeus! Is that Jack Nicholson screaming? You want the truth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it absolutely is. Good. Sorry, we both started giggling during it because we realized. Nice. Uh, I'll go first because I'll be sure. quick. Yeah, watch the fuck out of this movie. Do it. I dare you. I dare you to watch it twice. <laughs> This doesn't normally happen for me, but Seb kind of swayed me with his <laughs> explanations. Really? I love paranormal shit. Okay. And I think maybe it was my dysteria of being awake at four o'clock this morning to watch the film. <laughs> that I, think that, I, I think that may have helped, actually. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I wasn't focused enough on the film or something, but like it, it is, it is a very slow film. I can't stress that enough it is very slow and i personally don't like a lot of the acting but give it sure give it a watch whatever give it a watch yeah whatever i would say having seen it for the first time i would say if you haven't seen it absolutely see it because yeah. it does have a lot of iconic scenes that have made it through into the into the, the culture other way into film culture otherwise and it's nice to know the source of these things yeah. that being said yeah I'll watch it again for for Seb's sake. I, I, I'm, no, <laughs> Just no, so I, I can sleep at night. No, no, really. I, I made that <laughs> promise because if you're if you're saying it has rewatchability, I'm not convinced of that. So I want to prove that. I don't think I'll enjoy it even close to uh, the same amount as I as I did this time. And I didn't really enjoy it that much. Well, see, as a minimum, I think just having your expectations retempered by the fact that you can go in now knowing it is ghosts. What are they trying to do rather than the reveal of just it? 
it being them. Maybe. I think that will hopefully just level out in your mind because I can't. This is honestly is such a well made movie. I feel like just the way it's presented itself should be holding this one up for you. I, I feel like if you go in and watch it knowing that there is that bit of a twist reveal that it is in fact the supernatural, it's might te- temper your expectations a it's bit. It's technically very good. I just, I, I think maybe Kubrick was too clever. Actually, I didn't say it in the good part, but I loved when Jack was in the, the freezer and the shot of him like leaning up against the door and he's upside down and that like that, shot of underneath like looking up and he's just like you just see the crazy and then he's like <laughs> oh I've, I've really hurt my head like I think I need a doctor and then like goes back to him and he's just like let me out of here like it's yeah good yeah. now I'm starting to see the light the shine nice maybe mm. that it's was good a- up until the ghosts open the freezer door and then yeah, look, a little better off I'm, I'm not happy about ghosts opening the freezer door <laughs> I'm but- very happy about that can I express myself <laughs> But it explains everything that's going on. He's going crazy and there are ghosts. So, like, and he's going crazier because of the ghosts. Yeah, of course, ghosts can explain anything. Exactly. And it just happens to be the source. No, that's not good. That's I lazy. don't want to harp on about the ghosts, but they don't do anything crazy in this film that is just like a ride off. They open one fucking door and have like three conversations. Like, it's not like they're, whoa, we floated the house. Like, they're not doing anything crazy apart from open one door. I, okay. But imagine, imagine playing. Uh, a role play game, D and D game, or whatever. I'm in it. Yep. Right? Yeah, I'm a wizard. No, My name's James. No, and everybody is limited by their character sheet, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they can do certain certain things. They have certain abilities, and all you villains do too, apart from one guy who has help from the mysterious mm. goblin or whatever. <laughs> who's this is a great metaphor? <laughs> whose powers are unlimited, unknown. He can do whatever. He can be limited. He can be unlimited. Doesn't matter. So where's the suspense when you have an element of your story that is not bound in any reasonable way? It, the only the only boundary is arbitrary. It's whatever you choose it to be. That's lazy because you can make because you can make it do anything. I conceptually agree with you, but this film doesn't take it in that direction, which is why I'm confused as to why you're having an issue with it. Because they did, yes, no, ghosts could do anything, but because, they don't. No, no. It, yeah, it don't, but that's only because Kubrick and St- Stephen King set that limit themselves. But there's nothing, there's no logic to it. They just wanted it there, and that's what I find lazy. They didn't find a way to ground it. They just put the peg in and said, right, that's going to be the limit of the ghosts, mm. without any explanation. And I think that's lazy. You could, this story would have been so much better without ghosts being real. If he had manipulated Wendy into opening it, or manipulated Danny. Into open or manipulated Scatman into opening it, and then got him with the axe straight away. That would have been better. How do we not mention the fact that Scatman runs in and gets axed immediately? <laughs> How do we not mention? <laughs> okay, anyway, it's it's over so quickly. Um, socials. And- no, <laughs> I mean, have we done? Sorry, but if he's got the shine as well, how does he not see where? <laughs> Like, is that not how it works? Like, I can see some things into the future and, like, it's some like, things it's here like and there, a, It's like a bad feeling, but I think, like, isn't he knew something was wrong, but they're not, like, they're not, they're not, uh, it's, they're not like, a bad feeling about going you know, this way. It's a, what, a, what a great curse to be able to see everybody else's death except, except for your, your own. own. Yeah, gross. Okay. And also that that the hotel was going bananas that point. Can you imagine like, this is the pure headache, someone that can feel all those things and see all the things walking yeah. into that place when all the ghosts are just active on the kill yeah. mode with Jack, yeah. like shit would have been 
fucked for him walking he's, in. He, here's another thing. You, you, you could have introduced Jack talking about, you know, having the interview, talking about his wife, but then them arriving after everybody leaves. So you don't know that they're really there. He could just be genuinely going crazy because of the solitude. So he's even mm. that would have been a better story than what we ha- what we essentially got was a ghost story. That's my criticism, and I like ghosts. <laughs> That's my what's the opposite of a criticism? Praise. <laughs> Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, and if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. If you live in the present, go to facebookcom Second Take Podcast. Uh, we go to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Second Take. You can visit us at our website, secondtakepodcast.com. Or guys, where would they email email us? We can do this as a team. We get one letter each. No. Sebastian <laughs> James Bregulio hotmail.com. Uh, Aquaman number one fan <laughs> at gmail.com. That's a real one that I own. Don't message that. Um, I don't use it. I just, I just wanted it. Um, but yeah, no, second take podcast at gmail.com. That Aquaman one is ace. It's mostly porn. Um, well, thank you very much. What do we do? Are we scary movie next week or something? Like, or is it Shriek next week? It's scary movie, then Shriek. If yeah. you know what I did last Friday the 13th. So for some reason, we decided we're going to do two horror movie parody films on their own right that came out within the same year of each other yeah. um, just to compare them. So the very well-known scary movie, just the first one though, not the entire I'll, franchise. I'll say this. I remember Shriek being the better of the two. That's my memory as well. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, it feels early. What month is it? It's still July. So it'll be like it'll be July, August next month. Yeah. So- we're real early. You wanna, no, you want to have a soft prep into Halloween. Yeah, it's a soft Halloween launch. <laughs> <laughs> Just ease it in. All right. Well, we'll see you next. We'll see you on Wednesday for the variety hour. Yeah. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber. In order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes and wherever you find podcasts. Uh, That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.